Welcome to It's About Him Ministries with Denise Robinson. It is my desire that you would be encouraged and inspired by this broadcast and that you would trust Jesus no matter what and believe him for the impossible. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If you are joining me for the very first time, I welcome you. I encourage you to send me an email. I would like to hear from you. You will receive the email address at the end of the broadcast. In John 13, verses 34 and 35, in the New King James Version, Jesus told his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for one another, it is important that we love each other. This is not a suggestion, but rather a commandment by Jesus Christ himself. Today, One of my goals is to help you to love better. And I believe the tools and resources that you will receive will help you in this endeavor. I've been blessed to have attended Dr. Gary Chapman's Five Love Language Marriage Conference and to teach from his book to the married couples at our church that we attend for the past several months. And Dr. Chapman's own life experiences along with 30 years of pastoring and marriage counseling led him to publish his first book in the Love Language series, The Five Love Languages, How to Express Heartfelt Commitment to Your Mate. Millions of readers credit this continual bestseller with saving their marriages by showing them simple and practical ways to communicate their love to their partner. Now, Dr. Chapman realized from his years of study that there were five love languages that people spoke no matter where they lived. Last week's broadcast was entitled, What is Your Love Language? We looked at the five love languages, and I encourage you to take the test online at www.fivelovelanguages.com or from the book and find out what your love language was. Hopefully, you now know your primary love language and hopefully also um, your spouse, your children, and your parents as well have taken the test. It's not too late if you haven't. You can take the test after this broadcast. This information that I'm giving you is not just for married couples. It is for singles, teens, and everyone. So please keep listening and gain more knowledge on how to be a better lover toward your spouse, children, parents, friends, and even your co-workers. If you want to learn how to speak the love language of your spouse or your children, you'll be surprised. Once you do that, it will change the whole emotional climate in your household. Now we know that every marriage falls short in some area or another. There is no perfect marriage. Marriage takes work. Unfortunately, 
Many people are under the illusion that marriage is like Hollywood. Everyone gets along well and there are never any issues. Everything seems to work out just fine on their own. This is so far from the truth. I'm going to give you several practical examples for each of the five love languages that you can do with your spouse. It is my desire that these illustrations from Dr. Chapman's book will help you to communicate more effectively in your spouse's love language. I want you to be able to say, I am speaking my spouse's love language. Hallelujah. Well, here are the five love languages presented by Dr. Chapman. Number one, words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. Number four, acts of service. Number five, physical touch. Now, words of affirmation means giving your spouse words that build up, give compliments, encouraging words, kind words, or humble words. And I'm going to give you a list of some of the things you can do if this is your spouse's primary love language. Number one, to remind yourself that your spouse's primary love language is words of affirmation. That means you print words. Words are, for example, you can say um, on an index card, you can put words are important. And you can put that on there like three times. Words are important. Words are important. And place that on a mirror or somewhere where you can see daily just as a reminder that words are important. Number two, for one week, keep a written record of all the words of affirmation you gave your spouse. Then you can see how well or poorly you spoke words of affirmation. Number three, set a goal to give your spouse a different compliment each day for one month. Again, write it down so you don't duplicate the same words. Number four, Learn to say, I love you, or other expressions of affirmation in a couple of different languages, maybe French or Spanish or Japanese. Number five, complete your spouse. I mean, compliment, compliment your spouse in the presence of his or her parents or friends. You will get double credit that way. He or she will feel so loved that here you took the time out to acknowledge them before others. And then also too, their parents or your in-laws, they will feel so blessed to have you as a daughter-in-law or as a son-in-law. Number six, look for your spouse's strengths and tell him or her how much you appreciate those strengths. Be as specific as you possibly can. Let them know you appreciate what they do. Number seven, occasionally email or text a note of affirmation during the day or when one is traveling, just to let them know you're thinking about them. Number eight, thank your mate for something he or she did routinely that they generally won't expect a compliment for. Maybe every week they cut the grass and you don't really say anything. You know, say, hey, honey, I really appreciate you cutting the grass last night. 
Verbal compliments are far greater motivators than nagging words. Now let's look at quality time. Quality time means giving your spouse your undivided attention. This means you are having quality conversation by maintaining eye contact. You are listening for feelings. You are observing your um, spouse's body language and you refuse to interrupt your spouse. Number one, some couples are together a lot more than others. If that's the case for you, don't try to make all your time quality time. Designate specific time and places for planned togetherness. Number two, ask your spouse for a list of five activities that he or she will enjoy doing with you. Number three, one way to share quality time at a distance is to include your spouse in your day as it is happening. Send a photo, maybe by phone or a funny um, incident that happened at work, and just to keep them abreast of what you're doing so they feel like they're with you. Number four, think of an activity your spouse enjoys, but which gives you little pleasure. For example, maybe watching football or crafting or uh, nature photography. And tell your spouse you would like to broaden your horizons and join him and her in this activity sometime this month. Set a date and your best effort. Number five, plan a weekend just for the two of you in the next six months, making sure nothing else is going on during that time that needs your attention and just relax. Number six, make time every day to share with each other some of the events of the day. Number seven, since you have to do chores anyway, talk while you're sweeping or washing the dishes or doing the laundry. It will make the work go so much faster. And number eight, Read a traveling magazine or look at a um, traveling website together and dream out loud about the places you both would like to go. Learning to listen may be as difficult as learning a foreign language, but learn we must if we want to communicate love. Let's look at receiving gifts. If this is your spouse's love language. Remember, a gift is a visible sign of love. To the individual whose primary love language is gifts, it doesn't matter how much the gift costs. It will be greatly appreciated. Number one, you've heard of the 12 days of Christmas. How about 12 days of gifts for your spouse's birthday or your upcoming wedding anniversary? Number two, the next time you take a walk through the neighborhood, keep your eyes open for a gift for your spouse. It may be a stone, a stick, or a feather. And you can attach a special meaning to that natural gift. Number three, discover the value of handmade originals. Make a gift for your spouse. Number four, when money is tight, think of a symbolic gift. Look at pictures of beautiful houses and daydream about what kind of house you would like if money was no object. Number five, keep a gift ideal notebook. Every time you hear your spouse say, I really like that, or, oh, I wish I had one of those, write it down in your notebook. Then when a birthday or Christmas come along, 
you know exactly what your spouse want. And number six, enlist a personal shopper. If you don't have a clue what your spouse likes, ask a family member who knows your spouse very well and let that person shop for you with your money. And number seven, offer the gift of presents. During an, an especially hard time in your spouse's life, perhaps um, if your spouse is caring for, for an elderly parent or dealing with a job crisis, your presence is that gift. And finally, number eight, give your spouse a book and agree to read it yourself. Choose a book your spouse will be interested in, then offer to discuss together a chapter a week. You know, um, visual symbols of love are more important to some people than others. Now, time has just went so quickly. We're going to have to pick up on acts of service and um, physical touch next week. But I do want to say, hopefully these things you can put in practice. And so we're just going to pray right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for first loving us. Help us to love unconditionally like you. Help us to love our mates in their love languages without any strings attached. Help us to readily fill their love tanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. If you are joining me for the very first time, I welcome you. I encourage you to send me an email. I would like to hear from you. You will receive the email address at the end of the broadcast. Last week, I talked about, are you speaking your spouse's language? Today is part two of, are you speaking your spouse's language? I am speaking of your spouse's love language. Are you speaking your wife's love language? Or are you speaking your husband's love language? In John 13, verses 34 through 35, in the New King James Version, it says, Jesus told his disciples, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Jesus has given us a commandment to love one another. This is not a choice, but rather something we need to do. Love is a decision. Last week, I shared with you the five love languages described by Dr. Chapman's book. Number one, words of affirmation, using words to acknowledge and to encourage your spouse. Number two, quality time. Giving your spouse undivided attention. Number three, receiving gifts. Giving gifts as an expression of love. Number four, acts of service. Doing something for your spouse that you know he or she would like you to do. Number five, physical touch. Making positive physical contact with your spouse. I believe this information will help you to love those around you better, whether it's your spouse, children, parents, 
friends, or coworkers. I encourage you to take the test online at www.5lovelanguages.com to find out what your primary love language is and have those around you to do the same. If you learn to speak the love language of your spouse, your children, you can change the emotional climate in your homes. Last week, I gave you several practical examples of words of affirmation, quality time, and receiving gifts. However, I ran out of time and wasn't able to finish the rest of the love languages. I will quickly start back with receiving gifts, then move forward with acts of service and physical touch. So let's begin with receiving gifts. A gift is a visible sign of love to the individual whose primary love language is gifts. It doesn't matter how much the gift costs. It will be greatly appreciated. We're going to look at several different things. Well, nine different things regarding receiving gifts. Number one, you've heard of the 12 days of Christmas. Well, how about the 12 days of gifts for your spouse's birthday, your spouse's birthday or wedding anniversary? Number two, the next time you take a walk through the neighborhood, keep your eyes open for a gift for your spouse. It might be a stone, stick or feather, but you can attach a special meaning to that natural gift. Number three, discover the value of handmade originals. Make a gift for your spouse. Number four, when money is tight, think of symbolic gifts. Look at pictures of beautiful houses and daydream about what kind of house you would like to have if money was no object. Number five, keep a gift ideal notebook. Every time you hear your spouse say, I really like that. Or I, I wish I could get one of those. Write it down in your notebook. Then when a birthday or Christmas comes along, you will be more likely to know exactly what your spouse would like. Number six, enlist a personal shopper. If you don't have a clue of what your spouse likes, ask a family member who knows your spouse very well to shop for him or her with your money. Number seven, offer the gift of presents during, especially an special, um, a hard time in your spouse's life. Perhaps if your spouse is caring for an elderly parent or dealing with a crisis on the job, your presence will mean so much. Number eight, give your spouse a book and agree to read it yourself. Choose a book your spouse will be interested in reading then offer to discuss a chapter a week together. Number nine, give a lifetime tribute. For example, give a gift to your spouse's favorite charity in honor of your spouse's birthday or anniversary or another special occasion. Visual symbols of love are more important to some people than others. Now, now, now let's look at acts of service. And this means... Um, you're doing actions and these actions speaks louder than words. Giving your spouse's information about what would be meaningful act of service to you is important. So number one, consider serving someone or something your spouse loves. 
an elderly relative, uh, caring attentively for a pet or a favorite cause. Number two, print note cards with the following. Today, I will show my love for you by blank, blank, blank. Or you can complete the sentence with a task you know that your spouse would love to do. Paint a room, clean out the garage, or take out the clothes to a thrift store. Number three, ask your spouse to make a list of 10 things he or she would like for you to do during the next month. Then ask your spouse to prioritize those things by numbering them one through 10, with one being the most important and 10 being the least important. Number four, while your spouse is away, get your children to help you with some active service for your spouse. When your spouse walks in the door, join the children in shouting, surprise, we love you, and then share that active service. Number five, this can also work when your spouse is away from for a long period of time from home, such as the military deployment. Recruit the kids to help you with some active service for your spouse, and you can show it by Skype or FaceTime and yell, surprise, we love you. Again, that's, that's very effective. Number six, if your requests to your mate come across as nags or put down, put downs, Try writing them in words that will be less offensive. For example, the yard always looks so nice and I really appreciate your work. Or I love to thank you in advance for mowing the lawn this week before John and Jill come over for dinner. I mean, this response may encourage your spouse to mow the lawn. Number seven, if you have more money than time, Hire someone to do the acts of service that neither one of you wants to do, such as the yard work or once a month, a deep cleaning in your home. Number eight, run interference for your spouse during his or her favorite TV show or important sports event. Take care of all those phone calls or kids emergencies and so forth. No one likes to be forced to do anything. Love is always freely given. So remember that with the acts of service. Now let's look at physical touch. Physical touch is one of those fundamental ways of expressing love. Not all touches are equal value. So don't assume a touch that makes you feel loved will make your spouse feel loved. And we're going to look at several things under this category as well. Number one, as you walk from the car to go shopping, reach out and hold your spouse's hand, your spouse's hand. Number two, when you shop for your spouse, look for things that will appeal to his or her tactile nature, a cashmere sweater, a plush throw pillow, or soft slippers. Number three, walk up to your spouse and say, have I told you lately that I love you? Take him or her in your arms and hug him or her while you rub him or her back and continue. Now you might say that's weird, but if that's their love language, they will love it. Number four, when you sit together in church, reach over and hold your spouse's hand during times of prayer. Number five, initiate 
sex by giving your spouse a foot massage, continue to uh, um, massage other parts of the body, as long as it brings pleasure to your spouse. Number six, when family or friends are visiting, touch your spouse in their presence. That will give you an extra bonus. They will love that. Number seven, couples separated by circumstances such as deployment, use a variety of strategies to touch when they cannot be physically together. For example, a handwritten letter feels more tangible than an email. Uh, One wife said uh, she would wear her husband's old t-shirt around the house because when she she felt like he was hugging her when she wore the t-shirt. You can also send a picture of yourself and that gives your spouse something to see and something to look at. And also he can touch it. Coming up with new ways and places to touch can be an exciting challenge. Hopefully this time next week, you will be able to say, I am speaking my spouse's love language. It is my desire that you and your spouse will begin to speak each other's love language each and every day. Then both of your love tanks will be full as believers. What an awesome testimony before the Lord. Others will see your love towards each other and know you are Jesus' disciples by your love. To my single friends out there, you can show love to those you come in contact with as well. And you will have that similar testimony. Love one another as Christ loves you and all will know you are disciples of Jesus. It is so important that we walk in love. This is the greatest gift of all, love, to love each other. And when we love each other, we're letting others know that Christ lives within us and we're representing Christ. Hallelujah. So anyway, that's my desire that you would take the time to take the test, to love each other, to show each other love. And this will be a better, better place to live. If we start in our homes, in our communities, it's a better place. Praise God. So let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for loving us. Help us to love unconditionally like you first loved us. Help us to love our mates in their own love language without any strings attached. Help us to readily fill their love tanks. Also, help us to love those around us, even the unlovable, because this will give you glory in your holy son, Jesus name. Praise God. Well, remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. I trust you are blessed by this broadcast. I would like to hear from you. You can send your praise report or your prayer request to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can send your contributions to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com by way of PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. We've been coming to look at you, but it's about Jesus.